You're listening to the Sports Rehab Experts Podcast. We sit down with some of the most highly regarded experts in the field of rehab, from physical therapists, athletic trainers, and much more. We dive into what makes them tick and hear about the lessons they have learned along their journey. Come listen to what these experts have to say. And welcome into the latest episode of the Sports Rehab Experts Podcast. Today we have almost graduate of the Vanderbilt Sports Residency Program. We have Natalie Devine. Natalie, welcome in. Thanks for having me, Chase. All right, Natalie. um, Give people a little bit of background about yourself, kind of where you grew up and your journey into PT. For sure. So I'm originally from Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, That's where I grew up. I was born and raised. And then... Uh, From there, I went on to undergrad at High Point University in North Carolina, where I played Division I lacrosse for four years. Uh, Following that, I took a year off to gain some PT shadowing experience, and then I went back to High Point for physical therapy school in 2017. Okay. So, you know, you said you played D1 um, lacrosse there at High Point. So how much did your, you know, collegiate sports experience influence you into going into sports PT as a specialty? I think that it played a big role in my wanting to specialize in sports physical therapy. I always had an interest in PT growing up, uh, just constantly being around sports in general. Uh, However, when I was in college, I think that being in that collegiate setting really sparked my interest in like, hey, this is what I want to do, and this is an awesome job and an awesome environment to be around. And so that's kind of actually what brought me down the sports residency route because I loved being around collegiate athletics so much. So it gave me the opportunity to not only be an athlete in the collegiate setting, but now I get to be a PT in the collegiate setting, which is a pretty cool experience. Right. And so what were some of those characteristics that you were looking for in a residency program when you were looking to decide, you know, if you wanted to do it? Mm -hmm. So like I said, I always knew I wanted to be in the sports PT specialty. And then once I decided I wanted to pursue a sports residency, I knew that I wanted a program that provided me with division one collegiate experience. So when I was looking at different programs of pursuing, that was kind of one of the criteria I looked for. Uh, The other aspect of that is I wanted somewhere where I could have a little bit of a teaching component. And so um, at least at Vanderbilt's residency program, we have the opportunity to teach in Belmont's physical therapy school. And so we help out with their orthopedic and musculoskeletal lab, which is a really great experience as well. Right. Um, And so what are some different challenges that you faced going through your residency that you know you may not have foreseen before you started? I think just wearing several different hats. I mean, when I was researching residencies, I had talked to a lot of current residents to get an idea of what their experience was like at that at their program and I mean, you'll find that every residency is going to be different. Um, there, there will be some overlap, obviously, but they're all going to be different. And in this residency, for instance, I mean, I am at an outpatient orthopedic clinic at Vanderbilt University Medical Center. 
I'm also a sports PT down at Vanderbilt's training room for all of their division one teams. And then, like I said, I also have that teaching component at Belmont University. So I think just trying to to juggle all of those different hats can be a little bit overwhelming at times, but once you figure it out, it's a blast. And I, I want to go a little bit more into in depth about, you know, your difference, I guess, difference in uh, treating styles when you're working in a outpatient clinic versus when you're in a treating, uh, training room. Um, what are some differences that you've noticed? Like obviously patient population wise, it's a stark difference. You're working with D1 athletes versus, you know, general population, but how does your treatment, if if at all, differ when you're going from a clinic to a training room? I mean, I would say the biggest thing that differs is going to be based on the patient's goals, right? So if I'm in the training room, those athletes want to get back to sport. So it's going to be more of that continuum from rehab back to like sports performance. And so a lot of things that I focus on with the athletes down in the training room are going to end up being more sports specific. Now, that's not to say when I'm in the clinic, uh, it's not sports specific because we still get a relatively active population up there. Um, I would just say that the patient's goals are usually a little bit different. So whether it wants they want to be getting back to running a 5k or a marathon, whatever it may be, um, their goals are a little bit different. And then I would say the other thing with that is timeline is usually a little bit different. And so there's not always, there can be, but there's not always as much of a time crunch uh, in the clinic where in the training room, I mean, if season's approaching, you need to make sure that um, these athletes are getting back to, to their sport. Granted, biological healing rates are, are where they should be as well. So I would just say patient goals is the number one thing and then respecting those timelines. Mm-hmm. So talk, you know, talking a little bit more in depth about those timelines, when you're working with an athlete, you know, this might be their first time getting injured and they, all they want to do, I mean, most of the time they just want to get back onto the field, back onto the court, whatever it may be. How do you work on establishing um, at the beginning, like this is when we can return to do this, this, and this, and making sure that everyone is on the same page. Because I think if athletes have a bad experience saying, oh, she said, or he said, I could do this on this date and I couldn't, they kind of, it kind of places a mistrust in the athletes. So what do you do at the beginning of rehab to kind of establish those timelines and goals? So I would say the first thing I do is you want to make sure that everybody in that athlete's care team is on the same page. So, I mean, I'm in constant communication with their respective athletic trainer because, I mean, between the two of us, we need to make sure that we're on the same page before I even sometimes even come into contact with that athlete. And so that way we both have similar expectations and goals for the athlete. So then when I see the athlete, they're getting a streamlined answer to whatever it may be, especially when it's in regard to when can I get back to playing XYZ sport. So I think just making sure that everyone in that interprofessional team is on the same page and then making sure that the expectations are there for the athlete from day one. So whenever I start a rehab program with someone, I mean, it's it's good for, to outline what the rehab process is going to look like roughly. Now, obviously, that may change based on how they respond. But I think setting those expectations early with the athlete and then having everybody from the interprofessional team on board is super important. 
Right. Okay. I think that's a great answer. And I kind of wanted to, you know, shift to a different, you know, question that I had for you is kind of going back to when you were looking into residency programs, uh, mentorship is usually a huge part of residency. So what are some different characteristics that you were looking for a mentor um, when looking at different residency programs? So I would say there's a couple things. I mean, number one, you want someone who you can have a candid conversation with and someone who you're not afraid to ask questions to. So when I was going through the interview process, I mean, you're interviewing these residencies just as much as they're interviewing you. And I think that's an important piece that when you're so wrapped up in the interview process in general that sometimes we can forget um, naturally. However, I think it's really important to make sure you find someone that you click with. Um, On another level, it can help if you have similar clinical interests But I mean, early on in your career, especially if you're going right into residency after PT school, I think that those personality traits, if you can find someone you can have a good conversation with and you can ask good questions to, I mean, it ends up being a good learning experience for both parties and it it just fosters that relationship moving forward. Right. Because I know um, in residencies, like you said, you're interviewing them just as much as you are or they're interviewing you and finding that person that you can have that open conversation with is, is more important sometimes more than other, the other experiences. Cause you're going to be spending a lot of time one-on-one with that person. And a lot of, you know, I'm sure heart to heart conversations are going to need to be had. So having that open communication is important. All right. absolutely. Um, yeah. So for, since this is the sports rehab experts podcast and you know, the audience is ideally undergraduates or people in PT school or, you know, early career professionals, what is um, a piece? What is something that you did to get involved in sports early on? Obviously, you played collegiate sports, but what are some things you did to get involved in sports PT prior to your residency? So I basically sought out any opportunity to shadow or get a volunteer volunteer experience with uh, in a sports medicine environment. So when I was in PT school. I, one thing I did was I uh, signed up for our sports elective and that just gave me a little bit more background knowledge from a didactic standpoint. The other thing that I did was, I mean, shadow an athletic trainer if you have the opportunity. Um, I mean, you'll, you'll learn a lot just by shadowing and having conversations with them. And I mean, that shows initiative as well. So I think that that's important experience to have if you are seeking out a sports residency, because I mean, most of these residencies, you're going to be working with athletic trainers day in and day out. And so I think it's important to actually have a true understanding of what their job entails. And I mean, they are the experts at managing acute injury, especially on the field. And so they'll provide you with unique perspective. Um, The other side of that, I would say, is just make sure that you're getting a well range of different experiences. So, I mean, I also reached out to, like I said, current sports residents. And if there were shadowing opportunities available at a couple different residencies and it's feasible for you, then I would recommend shadowing at those residencies or even just having a conversation with current sports residents and asking them questions. Because the last thing you want to do is get into a residency that isn't the right fit for you. And then you're stuck in that environment for a year to 18 months. And 
I mean, no one's going to be happy at the end of the day. So finding a residency that helps you reach your goals and is a good fit is also going to be super important. And yeah, I kind of want to take this time to ask the question of, you know, now that you're coming to the end of your residency at Vanderbilt, if there was anybody considering Vanderbilt's residency, you know, what are some things that you've enjoyed about it and how would you like sell the program to anybody else that's listening? For sure. So, I mean, one of the things I looked for that I mentioned earlier was having that division one collegiate experience and Vanderbilt has provided me with that. So just a little bit of background, my day to day right now, I spend a half day in the clinic at the medical center and then a half day in the training room. And so when I'm in the training room, I mean, I'm not limited to working with one sport. That's another pro of Vanderbilt's program. I mean, I have gotten a wide range of working with different sports through their program, which I mean, has given me so many learning experiences. Um, that I'm forever grateful for. Uh, The other side of it is, I mean, I constantly get to talk with their athletic trainers from different teams, and I'm constantly learning from them. Um, They know the sport better than I do. So that's number one. And then they also also help foster relationships with position, position coaches, which is another benefit. Because I mean, when we get into that return to sport phase of rehab, I don't always know what that needs to look like. And so getting the perspective from a position coach on what are the demands of this person's sport and or position is super helpful because at the end of the day, that's what the athlete needs to get back to doing. So that's another reason it's important to make sure everyone's constantly on the same page. And then I learn what that athlete needs to do and I can incorporate that into my rehab program. So I mean, it's just been a great learning experience overall, working with all the different teams at Vanderbilt. Right. And I wanted to go a little bit more into that experience of working with those position coaches in return to sport. Um, Because like you said, you played, you know, competitively for lacrosse, but you didn't play soccer and dive and swim at the same time. So like when it comes to that end phase rehab and you're asking those position coaches, like what are some specific movements they may need to do? How much of the rehab or or how much of that sports specific training are you doing compared to end phase rehab and you kind of hand them off to the coaches? Does that depend athlete to athlete or are you kind of the beginning stepping stones of that return to sport or the, I guess the sports specific skill training? Right. I would definitely say it depends. Um, A lot of times I will, when they're at that very end stage, I mean, that is when we will hand them off, whether it be myself or the athletic trainer, to their position coaches. Um, But one thing I have been trying to do in my practice throughout my time here is go shadow, whether it be an individual session or if we're talking baseball, like a bullpen, and watch what the some of the cues are that their position coaches give them and then you can even if they're open to it ask questions of them like hey are there certain things you think this person needs to work on that we can incorporate into their rehab program so then i might be able to come up with certain exercises that can address what they need to be doing but then when i hand them off to their position coach it kind of elevates their level of performance. So I think that there's like a two-way communication there that there's things I can do, but I'm not the position coach. So when they do get to that point, that's when I would hand them off, if that makes sense. Right. And I had had someone else describe it to me as instead of like a a line between the two, it's kind of more of like a very blurred gradient because it's not always 
you know, once we hit these exercises and you've done this amount of reps and you can put out this much force, you kind of hand them off. It's kind of like, it depends on each athlete and it depends on, you know, where in season there are, they are and all a bunch of different other factors. And when you hand them off back to the position coach, when they're fully clear to play. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. It's very different depending on case by case basis. Right. And so, you know, as you're almost coming up on the end of your, your time in your, your residency at Vanderbilt, um, what about sports PT makes it worth it when it's getting hard, when you're, you know, you're feeling overwhelmed and you are, you know, maybe behind on notes and you have a thousand different things to do with like wearing those different hats. Um, what makes sports PT so worth it to you? I think one, just my passion for being a sports PT. And then two, on those difficult days, just remembering why I started in the first place. Um, I mean, there are so many aspects about my job that I love. And those definitely outweigh those like frustrating or bad days. And so at the end of the day, I just have to remind myself like, yes, this one bad day might not have been the best. But there are so many things about my job that I do love that outweigh any negatives that there might be. Right. And I think that's, that's, it can go with any job, you know, documentation is never going to be fun. You know, your parking spot right. might get taken, but at the same time, we got to remember why exactly we got into it in the first place. Exactly. All right. Kind of, right. you kind of gave us a little bit of a preview about um, what it is like to be a day in the life for a Vanderbilt sports resident. So you're like half day clinic, half day, um, training room, but give us um, a day in the life of, let's say it's a home game for any of the sports teams and you're covering that team. Like what's your, what's your day look like? Sure. So why don't we talk football since um, we're, we're still a little bit in football season right now. So um, for a football game day, I mean, we'll be, we'll be there all day. Um, we'll start in the training room and then I'll kind of help out where, where I'm needed uh, to start the day off. We'll do field setup. Um, we'll do any treatments that need to be taken care of prior to like a pregame shakeout or walkthrough. Um, we'll then do provide like on-field coverage, myself, athletic trainers, and the athletic training students uh, for their walkout, walkthrough and pregame shakeout. And then um, they get ready for the game day. We'll do any taping that needs to be done, head out to warm up, uh, game starts and then we're there on the sideline um, throughout the game and then god forbid we have any injuries following the game we'll do a post-game triage um, and then we'll finish usually with any like if anything needs to be taken care of urgently whether that be imaging or um, a consult whatever it may be and then usually the next day is when we'll kind of follow up on any of those post-game injuries that may have occurred. So it's kind of like a weekend-long event, I would say, when it comes to football game days. Uh, but it's worth it, and they're actually a blast to cover. Right, and I always, that's kind of been the common thread is that football games are never just a uh, – you get there at the game, it's three, hour, three and a half hours later, and then you get to go home. It's kind of like – crack of dawn you get there and then even into the following day and the next monday is kind of finally when it ends all right mm -hmm. <laughs> all right um kind of a more f a fun lighthearted question do you have any favorite memories of or favorite experiences while you're during your time at the uh vanderbilt sports residency Ooh, that's tough um i would say one of my favorite parts just about like 
doing this residency in general has been actually, it's given me the opportunity to see an injury from the time it happened. And then having that athlete on my caseload post-op and then seeing them all the way through their return to sport phase and getting back to playing sport. So before residency, I, I never really got the opportunity to actually be there when the injury happened and then follow it through. Usually I would see them after surgery and I would get the whole background story. So this has really given me the opportunity to see the athlete through start to finish, um, which has been an awesome experience. Right. And I think that's, that's the best part of sports PT is getting it from day one all the way until back on the field because there's, there's no better feeling than that. Exactly. All right. And last question I got for you, Natalie. Um, do you have any advice for any aspiring sports PTs? Um, and this can be, you know, this is a broad question, but anything that you would like to give to anybody that wants to be a sports PT at any level? Absolutely. I would say just to start, get as much exposure to sports physical therapy as you can, whether it be, like I said, shadowing in a, in a clinic even or some on-field experience uh, working alongside an athletic trainer. Just get different people's opinions, perspectives, and then don't be afraid to put in the work and talk to as many people as you can along the way. I mean, these volunteer and shadow experiences will help you determine what kind of sports setting you want to be in, whether it be professional, collegiate, outpatient. Um, so it will really help form what you want to do as a clinician as well. Right. And I think that this podcast has been like a great opportunity for like my own personal self journey of figuring out where I want to go. So I would highly recommend reach out to as many people as you can, um, because, you know, the more perspectives you get, the better you can kind of form your own perspective. Um, and yeah, Natalie, this has been great. I really appreciate you, you know, carving some time out of your Sunday on Thanksgiving weekend um, to chat with us. Uh, do you have anything that you would like to plug any social media or anything like that? Uh, sure. Uh, I am on Twitter. Um, Natalie Devine on Twitter. Um, and if anyone has any questions, feel free to reach out um, through social media as well. So it's been a pleasure and thank you for having me. Yeah, perfect. And this has been the latest episode of the Sports Rehab Experts podcast. Huge shout out to Natalie Devine of the Vanderbilt Sports Residency for coming on to the Sports Rehab Experts podcast. If you learned anything new, enjoyed our guests, or want to hear more episodes from great future guests, please like and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you're listening.